0: Thanks to our military and our allies and the brave fighters of Afghanistan, the Taliban regime is coming to an end. Let's talk about the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan. In a matter of just weeks, 20 years of history have been reversed. Four years ago, President Johnson sent American combat forces to South Vietnam. Now, many believe that. President Johnson's decision to send American combat forces to South Vietnam was wrong. And many others, I among them, have been strongly critical of the way the war has been conducted. But the question facing us today is now that we are in the war, what is the best way to end it? The war is over. Lord Sibius promised us peace. We only want mm-hmm. conspiracy kyle here if you like this podcast please rate subscribe and review wherever you listen to podcasts it greatly helps out the show and it's much appreciated also please follow me on twitter and instagram at conspiracy underscore kyle and that's conspiracy with a k also follow me on youtube at conspiracy kyle once again with a k and also now you can find me on the rockfin network at rockfin.com with new exclusive content now on to the show This episode is titled, Afghanistanikin. A few weeks ago, we witnessed the U.S. pull out all of their troops from Afghanistan in what can best be described as a complete debacle. U.S. citizens and U.S. allies were left behind, and the Afghan forces apparently were not able to take on the Taliban, who quickly rose back to power, and their government is now being legitimized again on a global scale. It's interesting when you look back to when the U.S. first entered Afghanistan as part of the quote-unquote War on Terror in 2001. President George W. Bush at that time declared that the Taliban had been defeated. In a speech made on December 12, 2001, he said, For several years, the people of Afghanistan have suffered under one of the most brutal regimes in modern history, a regime allied with terrorists and a regime at war with women. Thanks to our military and our allies and the brave fighters of Afghanistan, the Taliban regime is coming to an end. End It's interesting how 20 years later, the Taliban seems to have been conveniently just hanging around waiting for the right time to strike back, as if they had seemingly not been defeated, as Bush said. Now, I don't claim to be an expert about all the ins and outs of the Taliban regime and how they operate. Also, I don't claim to be an expert about the U.S.'s involvement in Afghanistan, which goes back decades. But one thing is clear. The government that was in place before we got involved is now back in control after we've left. It's almost as if our involvement did, well, nothing. Well, it didn't do nothing. It did something. It cost us. It cost us many of our soldiers in their lives physically, mentally, and emotionally. And it also had a financial toll. It cost an estimated $2.3 trillion in government spending. If you do the math, the war cost roughly $315 million a day that we were over there. To say that these numbers are ludicrous is an insult to the word ludicrous. It's almost unfathomable, but here we are. an obvious parallel between the afghanistan conflict and the clone wars conflict in star wars the clone wars took place over a three-year period of time and at the end these wars were essentially pointless palpatine had been manipulating both sides of the conflict the republic and the separatist alliance and it really didn't matter who was ultimately victorious in any given war or battle it didn't matter Palpatine still won in the end. Here's a quote from the Revenge of the Sith novel quote, The Clone Wars were never an epic struggle, they were never intended to be. By fighting at all, the Jedi lost. End quote. Palpatine held in his hands the whole time the power to end this war whenever he wanted. By controlling the Separatists through his alter ego Darth Sidious, he literally held the power to tell the Separatists to deactivate their droid army, at any time. But he waited, and he waited, and he waited, for the right time, when he had fully realized this full consolidation of power. And at that point, the war was meaningless, and he could end it by just saying a word. What I'm struggling with is what is the grand purpose of the Afghanistan war? What was the point? Was it as basic as just making the war machine war warmongers even richer? Or to kill off more and more of our soldiers in the process? Smarter people than me have likely figured out this grand plan or grand design, but I'm still scratching my head here. Was the botched departure intended to make Biden seem incompetent as a means to bring Kamala in? If so, God help us. But that's one of the biggest conspiracies and thoughts in the moment. One thing I think we need to be clear about... The US did need to end their presence there. I don't think anyone questions that. We've been there too long. And I don't think anyone questions that we need to get out at some point. But the fact that it seems like a wasted effort is really the issue here. And plus, we left so many weapons and machinery there, we've essentially empowered our enemy and supplied them with fuel to continue their totalitarian regime. And now the news is telling us that they seem to be partnering with China, so that can't be good either. My personal theory is that this withdrawal has been a farce. We have the intention of going back in again and restarting this war machine all over. Since there are many U.S. citizens and others trapped over there, in my opinion, it's only a matter of time before you'll start seeing those early 2000s era videos of civilians being beheaded by the terrorists. Real or fake, these will likely light an emotional fuse within America for us to go back there and fight again and get revenge. And more time, and more money, and more lives will be spent in the process. In what will likely be a similar war to what's happened before. You could almost call it a clone war. Now going back several decades to the Vietnam War, in this conflict you see many similarities to Afghanistan and the Clone Wars as well. In both Afghanistan and Vietnam, you saw the factions that the U.S. meant to defeat ended up maintaining rule after the conflict ended. In Vietnam closely resembles the Clone Wars because, in both instances, the leadership consolidated power into a stronger, communistic-slash-totalitarian government at the end of the conflict. In Vietnam, you saw the North Vietnamese further oppressing the South, which were the U.S. allies. And in Star Wars, you saw the Republic-slash-Empire oppressing and murdering the Jedi, as well as other galactic citizens at the end of the Clone War. In closing, war never changes. The names of the warmongers and the style of fighting and the war machines themselves may change. But throughout history, the story is still the same. War is hell. My heart goes out to anyone who has lost someone during conflicts like these, or have even suffered consequences themselves. And just to be clear, discussing the reasons behind these wars is not meant to sully the memory of those individuals, but it's meant to bring further clarity into why they died, so we can hopefully see the warning signs in the future and avoid these terrible narratives and agendas that get us into unnecessary conflicts. God bless, and may the Force be with you.